Today on Rolling with New York Mike. I look at the history of my people, everything we went through from David to Solomon to the, the temple and the fact that we've been hated for most of our existence. From the Inquisition, from the Crusades, for crying out loud, to the Inquisitions, to the Renaissance, the Holocaust. But we went through it, we got through it. And how many people died in that war? We persevered. We keep on moving forward as a people. We keep on, we keep on believing. And I think it's that belief that gets us through and it's got us through all these years. And I think that's what's gonna keep on getting us through. Any, any thoughts on just the, the history of... Now you nailed it, Mike. And, and here we are, your people, my people, Jews, the Babylonians, the Iraqis, the, we, we come to America. There's a reason that America is here, the melting pot of all these people. And let's not, let's be Americans. I mean, the message from where I'm sitting right here, right now, is that we want to be Americans. Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband. And now, his podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. Hi, I'm New York Mike, and this is Rolling with New York Mike. And I was not going to do a podcast today. We just did the one last week. That was the A is for accountability. I got some great feedback from everybody. I really appreciate that. And it was basically with uh, John Hemlinger, who's running, running for the sheriff's office. And after we did the podcast, I went to the debate with him and Kelly Martinez that Wednesday night at a little church in Kensington off of Adams Avenue. And it was awesome. It was great. And I learned a lot. Like I said, I, I didn't know a lot about the sheriff's office and the sheriff's office. I thought I did. I think we all do. We see the sheriff. We know who the sheriff is. I used to sell him a lot of Harley Davidson motorcycles. And I, I love the fact that they ride Harley Davidson motorcycles. But other than that, what do I know about jail deaths and things of that nature and all the drugs that they're getting into the jails and the fentanyls? And I, I mean, you know, so all these issues come up. I'm. I'm telling them, I'm saying, John, I'm concerned about San Diego, my backyard. We're on the border. Drugs are coming across the border. Fentanyl, illegal aliens, the crime that's coming into town. But then everything within the sheriff's office. So long story short, we go to the debate. And there's Kelly Martinez, who's the undersheriff. She's been there 37 years. She's running for sheriff. She's backed by the Democrat Party. And John, of course, is backed by the Republican Party. And I'm, I'm hearing the debate and learning things about more things about the sheriff's office. And, and Kelly Martin, nice lady. She's been there a long time. She clearly knows what she's doing, but she is the status quo. And when you see the contrast between John and her, you go, this 30-year Marine who spent almost 10 years, almost a decade on the San Diego police force, went to law school, then became a prosecutor, became this, the head prosecutor for the city of San Diego. You go, wait a minute. This is something we need in that sheriff's office. We, so, but, but having figured out, in my opinion, and I think if you saw debates between John and, 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 uh, and Kelly Martinez, I, I think you'd come to the same conclusion. It, it's almost like you've got to. He's such a leader, and those qualities show. And there was one question asked, and in all the hours that I've spent with John lately, I, I didn't know this, but I, I knew he did uh, two combat tours to Iraq, but what I didn't know was in one of them, he was assigned 800 Marines, 
to take over all the prisons in Iraq after the Abu Ghraib debacle. So does he have the bona fides? <laughs> Is he qualified? Well, if that doesn't give him all the qualifications, aside from the fact that he, he received the Bronze Star for what he did. I mean, the man is eminently qualified. How do we get him elected? I mean, I'm sorry that the Republican Party in California and in San Diego as well just doesn't have the juice. They, they just can't seem to get out of their own way. They just can't seem to get anything done. I, I vote for Republicans. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the people who are in office and who've run for office are friends of mine. I ran for office three times, twice for the assembly and then for mayor of San Diego, which is, of course, nonpartisan. But, but anyway, it, it was it was quite interesting. And then on Saturday afternoon, right here at Excalibur Cigar and Scotch Lounge, we had a fundraiser for John. It was it was terrific. We had some great speakers. We had a whole bunch of Marines, man. Guys who were in from anywhere from 20 to 28 years, 30 years and more. Um, uh, it, it was just a great testimony to the man's character and all, all the friends that he had, the quality of people that showed up were, it was just terrific. My friend Doug, who's a retired combat controller, Air Force combat control, which is amazing. Um, and there were other people here, my friend uh, Steve Crouch. It, it was great. So I, I really wanted to put an exclamation point on, on voting for John Hemmerling for sheriff. I don't know what else we could do. I know he's going to rallies up in Ramona and out in Alpine and different places. And, and I'm going to try to get to a few more before this race is over. There's only well, we 45 days, 43 days. It's getting close. So I, I think that in a week, the ballots go out and there are people going to vote early. And I, I hope that they understand there's, there's somebody else running besides the Democrat um, candidate. And it's John Hammerling and He's just a great guy. So there's other things that I, that I really want to talk about and, and touch on. One of them, and it, it's an important one, is today is Rosh Hashanah. That's the Jewish New Year. And it's important to me. I, I, I really want to touch on, not just touch on, but discuss the history. 5783, 5783 years ago, the Jewish people started recording our history, 5,783 years ago. That's like over, what, 3,000 years before, before Jesus Christ, before, you know, a, a, B.C., before Christ. So there's a lot of history there. And I look at the world today, and I, and I, I see what we're through, ups and downs of America, where we are today. I mean, I've got a whole list of things I wanted to talk about Starting with the, the fact that, you know, the recession is here. It's like six straight quarters of, of, of down months, six straight down months. You know, more than two quarters that are, that are down, that we're, we're losing. We see what's happening. We, 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 we talk about what happened in Afghanistan, the debacle in Afghanistan. I mean, where did COVID come from? All the things that the Republicans are going to do. They're going to do a lot when they take back the House in November, but they got to take back that House. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I feel very confident, I think the whole country does, that they will, not by the margins that they should. Maybe so, we don't know. Maybe the American people are going to look up and say, wait a minute, enough's enough. But they're also going to reverse 
the 87,000 IRS agents, the warriors for the government against the people of the United States of America, 87,000 IRS agents, they're going to they're gonna do away with that and use that money to fund a lot of other things that we need in this, in this country. So I want to talk about all these things. But when, when, I, when you talk about the longevity, the perseverance of the Jewish people, 5,783 years ago, recording history all that time. They call it the Old Testament. I call it the Older Testament. When you say Old Testament, it sounds like, yeah, that's the old one. Throw that one away. You got the new one now. No, no, no. That's the older one. It's the oldest testament. It's not the old as if out with the old, in with the new. It doesn't work that way. It's the genesis of where everything started. And it's relevant. As Actually, it's even more relevant as time goes by. It's more relevant with just with our surviving, with our survival, given our history, given everything we've gone through. And, and you think about all that and how it's such a small world. And I want to tell you how small it is. I'm sitting with a friend of mine. I'm sitting with my friend Alex, who was born in Iraq. Actually, he was born in Saddam Hussein Hospital. <laughs> Alex, say hello. Hey, Mike. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> when you talk about the Bible, Iraq, where you were born, that was Babylonia. That's where, where civilization started, at the uh, Tigris and the Euphrates River. That's correct. Right there. It's like the history that we represent. You and I sitting here in America. I'm a former combat veteran with the Air Force, the most devastating military force ever in the history of mankind. And Alex is a former United States Marine. Here we are, friends, we're hanging out at... Excalibur, cigar and scotch lounge, smoking cigars, doing the podcast, talking about life and history in America and here. And he represents a people that, and he was born at the, at the cradle, the literally the cradle of civilization. Look what we've all gone through. And I listen to people talk about things today. I, and, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with complaining when you're doing something about it. Nothing wrong complaining about the fact that we're in a recession we should never be in. We're in a situation where we're having energy issues, major energy issues, which we shouldn't be having. It's all because of bad government. So Alex is sitting here representing where he comes from, his, his people, the land of where civilization started. And me, I'm representing my people that, that started our history 5,783 years ago. I know I've said that a lot. But when I say it, I, I mean, it, it's, it's got to sink in. This is the real recorded history, the Bible. And so we've had so many, like, we call, we call them life-threatening issues. Issues of where it all can come to an end. How many things have, have your people, the people where you come from, gone through in the last uh, how many thousands of years? A lot, Mike. A lot. <clears throat> a lot, yeah, no. You, you know, between the war in Iran and Iraq and then Iraq, then, then the toppling of Saddam and 
Even before that. Before, way before. It that. never ends. It never, never yeah, it ends. Never ends. <laughs> the ups and the downs. Clearly but we, there's something somebody wants there, so. <laughs> <laughs> but here you are. Your family came here. Oh, yeah. To yeah, America. We're, went we're, to Detroit. Yeah, we're as American as it gets. Absolutely. From Baghdad to Detroit. Did you feel like you're going from the frying pan to the fire? <laughs> kind of, sort of. And then you, you eventually guys get to, but you you were successful in Detroit, your family. We did good. Yeah. You did pretty good yeah. in, in America. Yeah, of I, course. I, I love when I talk to people that come from places like that and they come to America because you guys can appreciate this country so much more, it seems, than most of the people in America. Which I assume is why you joined the military, why you appreciate the military, why you appreciate... I, I love the Marine Corps. Yeah. And you can appreciate that because of where your family came from, the stories you heard from your dad. Your dad running a liquor store, getting having people come in and trying to rob him almost on a daily, a daily basis. Yeah. Right? You get through it. You get through it. And, and you don't sit there and dwell on the fact that, oh, this is all coming to an end. Oh, woe is me. It's going to... You, you just... You gotta wake up in the morning and see the sunshine and, and say, okay, God gave me another day and I'm gonna make the best of it. And you guys, I'm sure you got family back in Detroit, but you came here and you and your, your dad, your uncles, you've got successful businesses and God bless you, man. I mean, that's awesome. And I look at the history of my people, everything we went through from David to Solomon to the, the temple and the fact that we've been hated for most of our existence, from the Inquisition, from the Crusades, for crying out loud, to the Inquisitions, to the Renaissance. I mean, Renaissance is not a good word for Jews. It may be a good word for civilization as a whole. But what we went through wasn't exactly a quote-unquote Renaissance. And then, of course, everybody, everybody knows about and talks about the Holocaust. But we went through it. We got through it. Now, not, there was, you know, six million of us didn't. And by the way... The Holocaust in Germany, there were over 12 million people killed. It wasn't just Jews. It was Jews. It was Catholics. It was the handicapped. It was the gypsies. The gypsies were virtually wiped out. So it was, it was a lot of people. But Stalin, on the other hand, our our partner in crime, our partner in, in, in defeating the Germans in World War II, Stalin murdered they say over 30 million people, so many more than Hitler. And how many people died in that war? We persevered. We keep on moving forward as a people. We keep on, we keep on believing. And I think it's that belief that gets us through and it's got us through all these years. And I think that's what's going to keep on getting us through. Any, any thoughts on just the, the history of... No, you nailed it, Mike. And, and here we are. Your people... My people, Jews, the Babylonians, the Iraqis, the, we, we come to America. There's a reason that America is here, the melting pot of all these people. And let's not, let's be Americans. I mean, the message from where I'm sitting right here, right now, is that we want to be Americans. Yeah, I celebrate my Jewish heritage. You celebrate your, your heritage. That's a great thing to do. Because it's important to know that you come from ancestors who give you the strength, the energy, the fortitude, the will to keep on fighting, to never give up. And for me, it's the same. But we're here together as Americans to take on the whole world, not to be globalist, but to be Americans and to, to spread democracy and 
living with honor. When you talk about living with honor, I've, I've got to add something to this podcast. It's not going to be a long one because it's Rosh Hashanah. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> working. I'm kind of enjoying this. And I want to enjoy it to the point. By the way, the other thing that gives us hope, we've got to look at, we've got to look at Giorgio Maloney, who just became the Prime Minister of Italy. Liz Trust, who just became the Prime Minister of, of England. I First far-right party in Italy since Mussolini. When you say far right, far right, it's like is is she MAGA? <laughs> is she, no, is she make the Italy? BBC's interpretation of far right. I, I understand, but but they're very conservative. Liz Truss, very conservative. She's been in office a few weeks and she's already lowered the taxes. She's trying everything she can. These are conservative people. It's great to see this going around the world because we're all so concerned about November. Oh, my God. What if we don't take back the House? and Or what if we don't take back the Senate? We just take the House and we don't get the majority that we need. Let's not worry about it. Let's work for it. Let's get out there and do what we need to do to make sure we get it. Just like getting the right sheriff for the job. Get the right people in Congress. Get the right people. Work for it. But the world's not going to end if we're not successful. The world's going to end if we give up. And we're not going to give up. Because we're people that come from all over the world. We're people that come, we're Holocaust survivors. We're survivors of the history of civilization. And it's a mean, cruel history. But we've been through it. Maybe not me and Alex, our ancestors, his, his parents, my, my grandparents that came here. They all came here from Russia. I mean, our DNA is made like oak trees. The strength, the power, the fortitude. This is what we are. We're not supposed to be sitting. What? That's what we, 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 I look at this global warming thing. There's this, this fright that the, the Democrat Party and, this, and these people involved are, are putting out there. They're frightening everybody. I think that the world's going to come to an end if we don't end global warming or global whatever they're talking about. One day it's freezing, next day it's warming, next day it's climate change. God forbid this hurricane that's just coming into Florida should blow off a couple of rooftops. Oh my God, that's never happened before. It always happens. I love the panhandle of Florida. I really do. It's one of my favorite places on earth. And I, I'd love to live there, but anyway, we still might. You never, you never know. I, I want to go down to the Panhandle. The Panhandle is is a place that gets hit very, very hard. It's on the Gulf Coast. It's situated in a way that when hurricanes come, every so often, every seven or eight years, for sure, every 10 years, they're going to get devastated by a hurricane. And they're going to come back. They're going to rebuild. People are going to have that great life that they moved there for on the water, on the beach, great fishing, everything that they want. That's the reason they live there. And they're going to be fine. It's just these, 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 these people, these globalists, the, the global warming people, the people that are just frightening people are just going to keep on saying, oh, we have to change our way of life. We have to spend billions of dollars to save the, the globe. Why? Well, do you really think that you're going to save the globe? You really think you're going to spend billions of dollars and China's going to do anything different? You think India's going to do anything different? You think Russia's going to do anything different? It's a big globe. We want to have a good life here. We don't want to see, we don't want to see the, the end of the internal combustion engine because 
because we don't want to use fossil fuels. We want to use those fossil fuels. We have that energy source. It's here. It's in the ground. It's all over America. Pennsylvania. Look at this guy running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. You look at the guy. He's a mess. And people are, are, are lining up to vote for him. Why? Because he's going to bring an end to global warming. You know, Al Gore said the polar bear, this is in the 90s. The polar bears are going to be extinct. There are more polar bears today, 25 years later, after he made his movie. Remember that movie he made? Yeah, An Inconvenient Truth. (laughs) It was an inconvenient lie. (laughs) There's more polar bears today now than there were then. It it, it just, and, and of course, you know, AOC. Oh, we're not going to be around in nine years. I think she said 12 years. That was three years ago, so now it's nine years. She hasn't changed that. She's, it's the same thing. But it's, it's just not true. We're going we're gonna to be fine. Now, we're sending rockets up to, 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 to blow up comets because we want to practice in case we get that, that comet that hit Earth and, and destroyed the, the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were here for like, what, 15 billion years? And then one comet came and decimated it. Those things happen. They can happen. But now we have the technology, the weaponry to defeat that. We might. I, I, necessity has always been the mother of invention. You don't invent things unless someone needs them. That's why I love watching Shark Tank. Petrina loves Shark Tank. And now she's got me. <laughs> she's got me all excited about it. I never used to like it. Yeah, you know, I saw it. But then you start seeing these people who bring in these things that they invent, they create some of the most mundane things. But they're really successful. Why? Because they're little things that people need. There was a necessity for something that I didn't even think about. Yet it was there. And somebody designed something in their head, they create it, they make it, boom. They don't even have enough money to take the business where it needs to go, so they got to meet these investors. What a great show. What a, what a great opportunity, to, not just for them, but for America to take a look at the creativity and, and, and the ability to create new businesses with making things that we need, that we don't even know we need. Well, somehow, some way, in the next 30, 40, 50 years, people are going to figure out a way to create energy that doesn't create pollution. Look, 50, 60 years ago, remember black rain? Remember acid rain? Remember how dirty the air was? And we all got together and said, we're going to fix it. It wasn't a matter of Republican or Democrat. It was Nixon. It was Richard Nixon, the, <laughs> the hated president that, that created the EPA. And it was needed then. We, look, the problem is never fixed. We're always working on, on, on making the air cleaner, making the water cleaner, making our lifestyles better, healthier. It's, 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 a, it's a work in progress. It'll always be a work in progress. But we're getting there. We need to let it develop on its own. We need to use the fuel that's in the ground because we have it. We don't, to say that we're going to go to electricity, I've said this in the last few podcasts, and I'm going to say it again. This is the biggest fraud perpetrated on the American people. You talk about snake oil sales. This is snake oil sales by everyone, from the president to, to you know, his whole, everybody around him. And all these Democrats that are out there telling you 
that the world's going to end one and a half degrees Celsius in a hundred years and this and that and everything. The polar bears will be gone. The ice caps are melting. The mountains and the, I, I, I mean, we're going to invent ways of doing it. It's not with an electric car. Nuclear energy. We need nuclear energy. We haven't built a nuclear plant in America in 40 years. And if we started one now, oh, God knows how long it would take. It would take at least 10 years just to get the permit. And then there'd be protests. And <laughs> we couldn't get it done. That's what we need. We need nuclear energy. We need nuclear power. We need to get that. And we need to learn how to dispose of whatever you have to dispose of so that you, you, don't, you don't have that nuclear waste. So is it any different with the batteries? It's the same thing. So we, we, we have to learn how to do that. That's going to take another 20 or 30 years. But we are going to do it because that's who we are. That's who humanity is. That's why we have these brains that we have that we only use. People say 10%. I've heard less. I've never heard a lot more. So we're going to have to dig deep and, and, and use the rest of the brain power. But it may take another few generations because we got to get the people that we have off their backs, off their couches, away from their video games. Although you never know. Maybe the video games is, is, is where the creativity is going to come from. Is it for me to say? But it's not going to come from going to colleges and universities that are teaching things like multi-genders and, and critical race theory and stuff like that. It's not going to come from a country that can't even make its quotas in, in getting people to join the armed forces. People should be running to join the armed forces. People, people should be fighting to get into the armed forces. And yet they can't even come close to their quota. Only less than one half of 1%. 0.049% serve in our military right now. And it's going down. It's getting less. You can't defend this nation and, and this that and the position that this, this nation has in the world today with those few people that serve. We need more people who serve because we also need more veterans. We need people that serve, that get in. Everybody doesn't have to get in and spend a lifetime. Spend in and spend the four years. I, I, it was four years in the Marine Corps, four years in the Navy or the, or the Air Force. I think it was three years in the Army. And you get a lot of benefits. So be a vet. It's great being a vet. It's great to feel that I served my country. Even if I, had I not been in combat, the fact that I was, there's good and bad to that. Trust me. It's not something you want. But what you do want is to be able to say, you know what? I stepped up. And served my country. And, and, and to everybody that hasn't served, to those people that appreciate that we have, that thank us for our service, that means a lot. That means more than I think that we can really express. It's really important. But we also need to make it understood that serving our country in our military or in any of our first responders is critical. Critical not just to the survival of the country, critical to how we thrive as a country. The camaraderie of, of all of those who served. I served a long time ago, but I still go to reunions. I still feel good being with the, the, those who have come from where I was to see what they do today. Like when I talk about the combat controllers, I was attacked P. And you, and you, and you, you see what 
the kids, and I call them kids, <laughs> they're in their 20s and 30s. But to see where they are today, having come from what we did with, the, with that same job title, it's amazing. And it's wonderful. And it's going to take more than four years to go through that whole process. But whatever it is, it's just a, a great, a, a wonderful thing to, to, to be able to feel that you contributed to this country. So I urge people to look at that and try to understand what is it that's stopping people from joining. Well, you can could, you could see this administration, what they're doing to the military. They're not designing it as a fighting force. They're designing it as a, uh, a socially conscious big group of whatever they call a cultural revolution thing. And by the way, those people that want to say that we're in some sort of a civil war, yeah, we, we may disagree with each other. Maybe half the country really, really disagrees with the other half. We're not at war. It's not a civil, not even close. We're all Americans. Every, every, everybody that's out there, left, right, or wherever you are, we're all Americans. We need to keep that in mind. Just because the Democrats have taken over the country, it's been a debacle. It's been a disaster. It's been horrible. But it just needs to make you dig your heels in and work harder to change it, to bring it around, to talk to people on the other side. Not just not just the base, not just the MAGA people like me. Yeah, that's I'm make America great again. That's who I am. I want to make America great. I want America first. But there's people on the other side, people on the Democrat side, people on the I got families. God knows, I got families. We're just out there, and I, of course, I think it's ridiculous. But they're not ridiculous. This is their mindset. I don't know how they got there. It's my job to point out the fallacies of being there, and why it's important to to elect to to elect Republicans this next go round to make sure that we get this Republican commitment. To America, I th- I think that some of the things that we have to talk about when we when we talk about this commitment to America, you know, we have to understand what they're saying. So let's understand the Republicans are going to restore America to what the founding fathers created, support the free enterprise system, and develop a strong economy, make America energy independent, and reduce gas prices. Well, that's that's important, but that's going to reduce inflation. Because it's not just gas prices. When you talk about energy, you talk about everything that's made. <laughs> is made with transporting all the things that, that we transport around the country. is transported by truck and train and airplanes. We have to strengthen the supply chain and end dependence on communist China. We have to combat illegal immigration and close the southern border to terrorists, drugs, criminal gangs. We, we, have, to, we have to cut Cut the cartels at the knees. We, we're building them up. You know, I've been saying for almost two years now that this administration, this Biden administration, is partnering with the cartels, and they may as well be if they don't have you know some handshake agreement or some signed contracts. It's by their actions that they're partnering with the cartels. We we have to defend. America's national security comply with U.S. federal immigration laws. If you want Congress to go in and meet and and do some sort of a comprehensive immigration change, well, okay. I don't know 
what I agree with or don't agree with. But what I do agree with is complying with the U.S. immigration laws as they are right now. And then if you want to make changes, fine. Let's make sure every student can succeed. Give parents a voice. And I'm not just talking about college students. Give parents a voice. Stop teaching racial bias or radical sex in schools. Cancel the hate America and the hate U.S. history curriculum being taught in public schools. Because that's what it is. Create a safe America by supporting and funding strong police forces throughout the whole country. Reduce crime and protect American citizens from out-of-control crimes in America's sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities. I mean, what, what a statement. This is a city that's a sanctuary city. If you come here illegally from wherever you come here from, we're going to take care of you, protect you. Are you kidding? Achieve longer, healthier lives for all Americans. Cancel the forced indoctrination of Black Lives Matter of all U.S. military personnel. Yes, cancel the forced indoctrination of Black Lives Matter of all military personnel. That's what they're doing. They're indoctrinating U.S. military personnel with this Black Lives Matter. It, it's, it's, I know you think it's crazy, and so do I. It's got to stop. That's what the Republicans are telling you they're going to do with this commitment to America. Define what a woman is and ensure only women participate in women's sports. Preserve our, consti- preserve our constitutional freedoms and freedom of speech by the leftist-controlled media establishment. Confront big tech. Demand fairness and freedom of speech. Rein in the out-of-control congressional spending by socialist Democrats. Support the freedom for all American citizens outlined in the Bill of Rights. Hold Washington and government accountable to American citizens. Secure our elections and restore the people's voice. Yeah, I mean, those are the things they're talking about. Are they going to be doing a lot of other things? Is is there going to be is 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 there going to be things like investigations? You're darn right there are, and there needs to be. We need to understand, has the, has the Department of Justice, the DOJ, have they weaponized the FBI? Have they weaponized the DOJ? Is it being used by this administration against their quote-unquote enemies? That's not right. We don't want that. I don't think Democrats want that any more than Republicans. I think if the Republicans were doing that, we'd be just as upset. You know, Richard Nixon got elected by a landslide, 1972, the largest landslide. Now, I'm not going to judge whether Nixon's administration was good, bad, and different, right or wrong. We started the EPA. He did a lot of other things. He also had wage and price control. There were a lot of things that he did that could have been controversial, but he was a hugely popular president. It didn't take very long for the whole country not just the Democrats, the whole country to say, you know what? You're, this is wrong. You're out of here. You cannot do what you did. So it, th- th- that's what it takes. It's re- Democrats, Republicans, it's Americans, independents, everybody, libertarians for crying out loud. <laughs> it takes everybody to step up and say, Biden, what you did in Afghanistan was wrong. What you did by stopping the Keystone Pipeline and making it difficult to impossible 
to drill for oil in this country was wrong. What you've done that has brought on inflation by way, way, way overspending irresponsibly was wrong. What you've done by allowing this border to be un, uh, just just inundated by by illegal aliens bringing drugs, fentanyl, it, it's just wrong. By partnering with these cartels, you know what the cartels are doing. You know that they're 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 enslaving these people. Human trafficking is slavery. It's being conducted and condoned by this administration because they won't control the border. They're going to put on 87,000 new IRS agents to go after everyone in America. And don't think that you're, that, <laughs> that you're safe. No, you're not. And it costs a lot of money. When, when you get audited, when they come knocking on your door, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You've got to prove you're right. You're wrong. You're, you're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. That's just the way it is. And they're going to put 87,000. We need 87,000 new ICE agents. We need police agents, police forces throughout the country. We, we need more Border Patrol agents. We've got to protect this border. We've got to establish this is the United States of America. Do not cross this line. This is what we've got to do. Now, before we go, I'm not, I'm not done. Trust me. <laughs> I'm not done. There's a new book, by the way. You, you got to read it. Uh, come on, man. The Terrible, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency of Joe Biden. You, you got to look at it. You, you got you to gotta check that book out. It, it's, it's so important. So do that. But I also want to talk about, before we go, now you know I'm very active here trying to get John Hemmerling elected to be sheriff. It's important to me. So I don't want to sound like um, when I talk about my friend Sonny Barga, who was the, I'll say, titular head of the Hells Angels, just passed away a few weeks ago, and he was buried Saturday up in Modesto. That's where he's from. And he founded the Oakland Hells Angels, and he, he organized the Hells Angels. But he was so much more than that. And I did not go to his funeral. I wanted to, but I couldn't for the same reasons I'm stuck here for a lot of reasons right now, none of which I'm happy about, except I get to spend a little more time with my wife, which is great. But who did go, aside from the thousands of people they had at the 99 uh, racetrack in Stockton, um, who did go and who spoke with this funeral, and I would have loved to have, but who did go was Tucker Carlson. That's right, Tucker Carlson got on an airplane and flew across the country just to speak at Sonny Barker's funeral. That's how, and I, you know, I sent something to, to my friend Chuck Cito, who, you know, who's been um, uh, spending a lot of time on his Instagram talking about his friend Sonny, and, and, and appropriately, obviously so. And I said, don't forget, uh, to me, the most important thing about Sonny was he was a patriot. He was a veteran. He joined the army when he was like 17. He was a patriot. He loved America. And for me, when I came back in 1966 from Vietnam, and I, I know I talk about this a lot, and it's never too much, but, you know, the way we were treated, the only ones that I can remember consistently standing up for us from sea to, signing, to shining sea, 
from the East Coast in New England and Boston to the West Coast were the Hells Angels. They stood up for Vietnam vets. I mean, I went to the anti-war rallies and spoke up. <laughs> I, was, I was always a lonely voice in that crowd. But there were anti-war rallies all over the country where Hells Angels went and stood up for us Vietnam vets. And that's because of the great leader and the great leadership of Sonny Barger. So it was something that I, I would have liked to have gone to. I know I'm always going to regret <laughs> not, not having gone to it. That's the way it is. You make those decisions. And I spoke to some of my friends in, in the club, and uh, I, I feel badly about it. But I'm, I'm really, really glad that Tucker Carlson found it in his heart because he said, Sonny Barker stood up and said, you got to stand up. you got to unwavering in your loyalty and your commitment to your, to your fellow club members, to this country, and you got to live with honor. And those are words, as, as Tucker Carlson said, that should have come from our president. Those are words that should come from the, 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 the top politicians in this country. Instead, the only people we hear it from, the only person we've heard it from is Sonny Barger. So uh, I'm, I'm so happy that Tucker Carlson went out there. There were thousands, some say 7,000. I'm sure it was way more than that. And of course, you know, the local sheriff out there was <laughs> spent millions of dollars preparing for the worst. Let me tell you something. The, 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 the motorcycle clubs in America, for all their, you know, the warring with each other and the ins and outs and all the rest of it, there's something about Sonny that it just went beyond any of that stuff. There was so much respect. Motorcyclists all over this country, there's 10 million motorcyclists in America. And I think most of those 10 million people know the name Sonny Barger and respect that name. And, and so, you know, and then people thought, oh, but, you know, he was uh, d d d drugs and this and that and everything else. You know what? Drugs are being sold in banks and insurance companies. <laughs> Drugs are being sold everywhere. There's, there's fights and arguments every day. I hear it on <laughs> one, of my, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows on Fox, that one of their libertarian <laughs> perennials talks about they, they want drugs. Drugs should be free for everybody. I remember Sonny, Sonny coming to San Diego when he wrote his book. By the way, Sonny came down for me in 1994 when we had, we had an event for um, kids with uh, diabetes, American Diabetes Association, and I needed help, and Sonny came down, and we had, I don't know how many, hundreds hundreds of, of Hell's Angels from all over the country come down, and Chuck Zito came down from L.A., and we went down, we had what was called the rally in the alley because we couldn't get into the... Um, Padres Stadium because there was a baseball strike and they came down. We made, it made such a successful, great event because they came down and had our, had our back. And there were so many cops and agents of this agency and that agency just wearing their biker stuff, riding with us. It's like the Patriot Guard riders. We go on these Patriot Guard rides and sometimes the military members... I've gone to funerals of Navy SEALs, and next to me, riding with the Patriot Guard, is my friends who the Navy SEALs riding with us. Same thing, guys who are in law enforcement ride motorcycles. 
So they rode with us to that event with Sonny Barga, the head of the ride. And then I remember when Sonny came down to for his book signing, and, and he came to San Diego. And we had two days of lines outside San Diego, Harley-Davidson. And they, there were people from all walks of life on those lines. People know. And we went on television, and Stan Miller was the, uh, the anchor at that time on KUSI. And Stan asked Sonny about going to jail for drugs. And Sonny said, you know what? I got cancer. I got throat cancer from smoking cigarettes. I never got cancer from using drugs. 400,000 people die every year from cigarettes. I didn't get arrested for buying or selling cigarettes. Why not? Why aren't cigarettes illegal instead of drugs? Sure, we used a little bit of whatever, cocaine. I don't know what it was. But he said it, and he said it right. He said, I, I don't feel badly about it. That's for recreational use. It's like prohibition. We have to end prohibition. We need to end prohibition against drugs. That was his, 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 his position in life. That's what he said. That's what he believed in. But he also knew that cigarettes that are harmful and devastating and cause hundreds of thousands of deaths every year, way before COVID. Huh? So that was what his position was. And I, and I got to tell you, whether you agree with it or not, it's a legitimate position. And here's a man that stood up and lived his life with honor and, and in, inspired so many others in the same way. So, you know, you go to your corporate entities and you go to here and you go and, and you see what these people do. And there's, there's nobody. He, he who, has, who has no sin, throw the, throw the first stone. I got to tell you, I dare you. So <laughs> anyway, I, I, I wanted to talk about Sonny. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about the history of the Jews. You know, I, 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 I'm so proud of the history of my people. It's so devastated by the suffering and what we've gone through from, again, Crusades to the Inquisitions to the, the Renaissance to the World War One, World War Two, the, the Holocaust, Stalin. Stalin killed more Jews than Hitler. It, 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 and we, we're still here. There's almost 7 million Jews living in America. And just take a look at at our record of accomplishment, things that we've gotten done. And it, and it should be a lesson for people. I don't care if you just, Chuck Schumer's a Jew. And he's one of these people, the sky is falling, chicken little Chuck, chicken little Chuck, the sky is falling. Yeah, global warming is going to kill us all. It's horrible. we got to spend all this money for it. Take the money away from the people. Take the money away from business. Tax people. But take the money and spend it on global warming, whatever. Whatever that means, electric vehicles. The grid isn't ready for electric vehicles. The grid is not prepared to handle electric vehicles. We can drill for oil. We can, we can drill. And, and, and it's clean. It, our oil is at least 40% cleaner than the oil that's coming out of Russia or Venezuela or any other place on the planet, Saudi Arabia. For crying out loud, Saudi Arabia, yeah. We're making those people wealthy at the cost of the American citizens. And it's just stupid. It's dumb. Why do we pursue these kind of policies? Why do you out there who vote for Democrats, why do you tolerate this? Teach them a lesson. Throw some of those Republicans in there, even if you don't like them. And I don't know why you wouldn't like them. This whole thing about Roe v. Wade, 
Forget about it. How many people do you really think are saying, we're going to make abortion illegal and there won't be any way you can have abortion? No, that's not it. You know, Roe v. Wade had a time frame. You know, you can't have an abortion after the first trimester. So just put in the time frame. And of course, you're going to make exceptions for rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Of course. This is up to us now, the individual states. It was never constitutional to make it a national... Ah, listen, I, I, I hear what Senator Graham is trying to say, and I, I get what he's saying. Okay, take it with a grain of salt. It's throwing something out there, and I get what he's saying. He's saying that the only way we can have an agreement for reasonable regulations is to make it federal. Yeah, that may be true, but that's not how this country operates, Senator. This is not a country. The, the problem with Roe v. Wade was the fact it was federal. That was the only problem with it. If that was the law in California or in New York, it'd be fine. State by state, each state can implement the rules and laws and regulations and all that that, they, that the people in that state agree to. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a national policy that said, you know, you, you can't have an abortion after how many weeks? Let's agree on some number. You know, according to Graham, it's 15. According to other people, it's 20. Maybe it's 18. Uh, whatever. But it's wrong. A national law is wrong. State by state is the way to go. That's the way it should be. That's the way the Constitution spells it out. Late-term abortion is not something, and that's what the Democrats are talking about. When they talk about re-institutionalizing a Roe v. Wade kind of, kind of law, they talk about having abortion right up to birth. I don't think anybody in America, well, I can't say anybody, but I, I'll bet the vast majority, 70, 75% of the people, would say no. No, we don't, we don't want an abortion, you know, a week before someone's given birth or a month before. Unless it's, you know, the, the life of the mother. We get that. But we don't want that as a policy. We don't want late-term abortion. Term means nine months. Late-term means at the end, at the moment of birth. That's what late-term abortion means. And that's not what most Americans want. So let's not allow this issue. I, I'm sure it's going to influence a lot of people. A lot of women are registering to vote, and it's going to influence a lot of the vote against Republicans. I know it is. It's just the way things are. But think about it. Talk to your friends about it. Understand. There's not many people that would ever outlaw abortion, no matter what. And, not, you know, whether it's rape, incest, life of the mother, or after so many weeks. Parental notice those are things that are reasonable to say that we should implement in order for someone to have an abortion. I, I think that's not unreasonable, but I know that it's definitely going to weigh heavily in this election. But get out there, vote, talk to your friends, vote. That's what this country's all about. Voter ID is, is so important, making sure everything's right. This is not the last podcast, nor is it hopefully the last podcast of this week. We're still improving. We're still trying to get some processes done in order to get more guests on. Thanks, Alex, for being here today. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys out there listening, especially you subscribers. Please listen, subscribe. I'm New York Mike. 
This is Rolling with New York Mike. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling.